Welcome back to Critical Drinking. I'm Kevin Regan. I'm Tyler Krzyzewski. And this is the podcast where we drink beer, we watch movies, and we talk about them. This is episode 68. And uh, we're going to be watching Tropic Thunder and doing top five movies directed by actors. I had to think about episode 68 because it's been about a year since we did episode 67. It's been a year. So uh, with this theme, are we doing... What about directors that acted in their own movies? That counts. Does but it? It's not, okay. It's, see, so because that's a much smaller group. Yeah. But all right, so we can talk about this a little bit. So yeah. what I'm doing is I'm saying like the rules of my list are the director had to have been known as an actor before they were a director. That's what I did. So it's not someone who oh they were a character actor or they popped in this TV show one yeah. time and then they're a director. It's yeah. like someone that you know. Like if I say Dennis Hopper. You would be able to tell me a movie that he was in before he directed Easy Rider. Yes. That's hard. But, for instance, with Tropic Thunder, if you if I say Ben Stiller, there are plenty of movies you can say, oh, Ben Stiller, I know him from this before he, yeah. you know, you got into You actually probably directing. not even think of him as a director. Yeah, He's exactly. An He's an actor. And that's, that's another qualification, is you think of them primarily as actors. Mm-hmm. So, okay. for that reason, one example is Rob Reiner is out. Yeah. For me, because right. he was on All in the Family for like 200 episodes, but nobody knows him as an actor. They know him as a director. Okay. So that sort of takes this Spinal Tap off my list and some really good picks off my yeah. list. But I got a few good ones toward the end. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I forgot about these. I'm very so, excited. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. Um, since last time, uh, we <clears throat> haven't even posted episode 67. So you haven't done that yet. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that'll be coming out, uh, I don't know, here in the next few days. Hmm. Like back to back. What if it comes releases. out after this one? That'd be better. <laughs> That's what we should do. I'll put it out, episode 68, then post episode 67 after it in succession. It'll be perfect. Mm-hmm. So, Tyler, in a year, what have you been up to? I haven't seen you in a year. <laughs> it's been so long. A lot of shit, I guess. <laughs> Oh my god! I don't even know. It's just too long. When we go like week over week, it's different. Yeah. Yeah, I took a dump that day. It was great. <laughs> Not anymore. Can't do that. Uh, How many dumps have you taken since then? A lot. Yeah. At least one a day. Yeah. It's a lot of That's dumps. Pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, so I mean, we don't really have much to talk about as far as like catch up. I think or... we both have different jobs since then, don't we? Actually, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh wow. Been a long time. How long ago was that? Yeah, it was literally a year ago. I think it was last September. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So '66 was in July. We t- probably took about I don't know two or three months in between. So September yeah. sounds good. So yeah. 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 I'm in a sales director role. Tyler's in an office lead role. Yeah. For all of those dealer.comers <laughs> that know <laughs> no what one. the hell that means. My grandfather. It's for my grandfather. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, that was awesome. We had a surprise surprise fan contacting us. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I don't know, let's just fucking go watch the movie. Alright, I'm what do you say? Let's watch it. Alright, so we're gonna go watch Tropic Thunder. Oh, uh, what are your numbers? Oh shit, that's right. God, it's been so long. Yeah. Uh, what are your numbers? Uh, How many beers are you gonna drink? What? Well, hold on. So this movie is 120 minutes, two hours on the dot. Is it really? Yeah. And it's on Blu-ray, so it's in extra high definition. Six. Okay, six sounds good. Okay. I'm gonna do six as well. Uh, So now, we're going to go watch Tropic Thunder. We'll be back uh, to talk about it. 
Welcome back to Critical Drinking. We just watched Tropic Thunder. All actually, we only watched an hour and fifty-five minutes of it because we don't watch credits in this uh, in this podcast. Fuck credits. Fuck credits. Unless, and Ryan Maley knows this. Unless you have to finish your beers during the credits, because then the credits can roll. Because that's part of the movie. That's true. Um, but before we begin, how did we uh, how did we do? I met. You said six. I met. You met. Six. I think you exceeded. I think you had seven. I want to say you at least had seven. I think I had seven. Yeah, I want to say you had seven. Because I had six, and I think you were one up on me. I don't know. I think I, I think, drug, I don't know. I think I met. I think you exceeded. But worst case scenario, you met. Worst case. Worst case. That's fine with me. Yeah. And this is an easy movie to drink to, also. Because both of us have seen it. Mm-hmm. Both of us love it. And both of us can point out sort of some of the awesome moments. And so it's one of those things where you giggle and you take a drink and fire truck. Keep fire truck's making a, uh, making a uh, cameo. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of an interesting little commentary because we've both seen the movie. So I don't know. I can't ask you, like, what did you think? But... Let's just start talking about it. I was, uh, when you mentioned it, this morning we, we still didn't know what we were going to watch. Yeah. So I had mentioned Mystic River. And, mm-hmm. Or maybe that was last night. It's Clint Eastwood, right? Yeah, it's Clint Eastwood. And I get a text message this morning, Tropic Thunder, question mark? And I, <laughs> fuck yes. <laughs> fuck yes. I love that movie. And we watched it. It was so much better than Mystic River would yeah. have ever been. Yes. Agreed. And Especially it, with beers. It, yeah. It is. It's what a uh, Mystic River is a tough movie to watch in general, let alone like yeah. It's to, about to boy rape. And yeah, it's a little, little too much yeah. with the rapey. It's button. good. It's good. <laughs> it's really good. It's just a little much. We'd be depressed and crying and drinking, mm. and it would be terrible. Mm. But I only noticed one new thing about this movie: the mm. DJ in the one week. Down party right. is the same DG, DJ from the Zoolander, the Zoolander like runway party. That's right. So, but the dreadlocks and his name, I the don't Billy remember. The Billy Zane party. Yeah, the Billy Zane. Mugatu. I don't remember his name, but he's uh, the guy from Wonderlust, and he's married to Jennifer Aniston. He's got or dreads or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that was funny. But I thought that was funny. That was so. Ben Stiller directed this, and he's also directed Zoolander, and I think he directed. Well, he directed Reality Bites way back in the day, I think. Did he really? I think so. Could be wrong, but I think so. But, like, this was sort of the time when Ben Stiller was directing his own movies. Because, obviously, Zoolander is him, and this is him, and everything like that. And so Pulling a Woody Allen. Yeah. One of the things that I really don't like about this movie is that Ben Stiller's in it. He's the worst part of the movie. I (laughs) hate Ben Stiller as an actor. Great director. I mean, this this movie was really. I mean, I I thought for what it was, it was well done. Yeah. But God, if it just didn't have Ben Stiller in it, it would have been so much better. I hate that guy. The only movie I like him in is in Dodgeball because he's so in character as this detestable dude that you love to hate. But oh my God, I just him. Yeah. As like a dude and like an actor, I just don't like. We had a conversation like earlier before we even started this podcast about Jennifer Garner, 
she's another one she's another one just cannot stand Mm -mm. like oh she's in it i'll make sure not to go see that movie this is an exception because there's so much other stuff that's so great about the movie that's not ben stiller's acting yeah but i cannot i just that guy the only reason i watch this movie is robert downey jr he is he's the best part of the movie yeah he literally is the best part of the movie his facial expressions, his the way he delivers his lines, the way, and I mean that's one of the things about this movie that I like. Like, you you miss when you just straight up sit down and watch it, but when you actually think about it, how much acting inception is going on in this movie? Seriously, <laughs> a guy that is playing a guy that is acting like a guy that is like there is so much going on, like the levels of this. That you have to do, and he pulls it off the best because yeah. he's, you know, he's Robert Downey Jr. playing Kurt Lazarus, who is playing a black dude that is in sort of this, sort of, you know, this Vietnam scape of, but the way he goes in and out, and everyone's calling him out on, like, you're not black, you're Australian, and everything like that, and the way he floats between all of that stuff is like, He's playing like three characters in this movie <laughs> at all times, and it's ridiculous. And you can see it on his face, though, is the thing. It's like you can see when he slips out of one fake character to the other fake character because he's playing both of them. He's not. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so good. Nobody else comes close. Jay Baruchel yeah. plays Jay Baruchel, who you would meet yeah. on the street and go, oh, you're that dude from Tropic Thunder. Yeah. And like, that's Same who guy. you are. Yeah. Yeah. Not only does Robert Downey Jr. do a southern black accent, he also does an Australian accent. And he also, yeah. I don't know, he like jumps. <laughs> yes. He doesn't play himself at all. No. Where Jay is the same and so is Fatty McGee, which mm-hmm. is the same. Jack Black. Jack Black. And the other guy. Yeah. 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 And Wait, so Ben Stiller too. Yeah. 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 But Jack, or, uh, but yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is like acting inception. <laughs> it's like so, so deep. It's like just. And then the kick comes at the end where he's got to, like, fucking take his <laughs> brown contacts out, which is his natural eye color of Robert Downey Jr. Tends to take his eye, his contacts out to be blue eyes. His blue contacts yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now, be he's, blonde. now he's blue-eyed and blonde. And it was... And I think... I have, I didn't even look it up, but I wasn't he nominated for a Best Supporting Actor Oscar? We should have. Because... Like, I'm going to look, look it up right, right now. now. Because... I think as much of a ridiculous comedy as this was, I think he honestly got recognized for how good he was in that. I hope so. Robert. He is the only reason I watched that movie. It's so good. It, he is the best part. He has all of the best one-liners in that movie. He does. He delivers them so well. And when he runs, the best part is when he fucking runs. Because he's so stiff. <laughs> and like straight back runs and just like shooting from the hip and then shooting behind because <laughs> he's playing a dude yeah he doesn't know how to play the dude because he's, he's like playing four dudes so dude. he doesn't do he doesn't know how to play the dude right disguised as another dude disguised as another dude oh and the man shit so good. he says the best the best lines come in the beginning of the movie when he's like when uh ben stiller gets shot a bunch and he goes survive <laughs> survive and that's after like probably 25 bullets <laughs> survive. survive and then he goes cover me you limp dick yeah ah. something 
something. He uh, he was. It's official on January twenty second, really two thousand nine. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences nominated Downey for Best Supporting Actor at the eighty first Academy Awards. Unfortunately, he lost to Heath Ledger, which deservedly so. Oh, was that for Batman? That was for uh, yeah, yeah, Dark Knight, yeah. Or what? Batman Begins. Ah, uh, no, Dark Knight. It's Dark Knight. Yeah. But he got nominated in this movie. If you watch this movie and you go, what what kind of Oscars <laughs> do you think it got nominated for? Everyone will go, ha! Nothing. What are you talking about? There's zero Oscars this applies for. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, got a nomination. Motherfucker. So he was good. really good, though. Yeah. He was really good. And one of the things, like, you watch his facial expressions, you watch, you listen to his delivery, you listen to him react to other people's, like, other people talking and everything like that. It's it's so perfect. <laughs> and the way... <laughs> those lines, too. Those lines are so good. It's just amazing. Um, all right, what else? What else about Tropic Thunder? One thing that I noticed that I had noticed before, but, like, it really... Since I've seen it, you know, a few times, is that for being a movie that's sort of a comedy, and you got all the comedy dudes. You've got Danny McBride. You've got Bill Hader. You've got, I mean, Ben Stiller's done a lot of comedies. Mm -hmm. You've got Matthew McConaughey in a comedic role. You've got a totally comedic cameo in Tom Cruise. For that, there were some really legitimate explosions in this movie. Yeah. Like, straight up legit. Like, they must have cost a lot of money to just pretend to fuck up an explosion. Yeah. Like, the first explosion when they were in, well, supposed to be filming in Vietnam, and, like, his first scene... Uh, where, you know, he's, Ben Stiller's laying down and his, <laughs> his hands are little stubs. And they're trying to do this scene and the, the planes come in, Danny McBride just blows. That's like, that had to be a lot of explosives because that lit up the entire tree line. Yeah. And that was all for like a gag about fucking up an explosion. Another like Inception moment. This is... You know what we should do? Actually, you know what we should do next time? Movie Inception. Movies about movies. Or movies that... Movies within movies? Movies within movies. Like, movie Inception. Yeah. yeah. Because this is one that you're, you're watching a movie being made poorly, but it's well done the way that they're doing it. It's like... Wait a minute. Wait Mind. Blown. Blown. Um, the explosions were, were legit. Um... I also think that in general, and the, that first part of that movie is, and I told you this when we were watching it, I think any movie that is even set in Vietnam that has helicopters in it, I think my favorite scenes are the helicopter scenes. Not when they're in the helicopters, but like the exterior helicopter flying scenes. Because the intro to this movie is awesome with those helicopter scenes. Well, besides the trailers that are in the beginning. Yeah. But that... Almost every Vietnam like movie has those helicopter scenes, and those are some of my favorite scenes. Is just the most. That's like my idea of what's cinematic. Vietnam helicopter scenes. That is cinematic. <laughs> that is awesome. And this one actually did a really good job with it. Yeah, really good. That was the best cinematography in the film. Was just like yeah. behind the, the yeah. helicopters going like right. side by side. But I never saw the movie in the theaters. Did you? No. Yeah. So. I wondered what like people in the in like the theater thought like when the movie you watch previews in the beginning of the movie and then you keep watching previews because yeah. you don't know that the movie is technically started there's right. no credits or anything so the movie starts 
and there's still these previews, and you're like, who's Jeff Portnoy? <laughs> Who is this guy? And why is Fart Town 2 coming out? <laughs> what is this? I've never heard of it. I wonder what people fucking thought when That's it first right. came out. That's what they're trying to do is yeah. the previews before the movie. Right. When the movie is already, <laughs> there's previews before the That's movie, right. and then there's more previews in the movie. Fart 2. About the movie. What? Also, more movie Inception. Inception. More movie Inception. <laughs> Fart 2, but those are so good. Those are so good. Tommy Mugwai. Yeah, booty sweat. With, yeah, <laughs> booty sweat starts it, yeah. which is just aggressive because it's just. Remember that dude Jackson uh, Michael, uh, something uh, I forget his name, his last name Jackson, but Brandon Jackson I think. Anyways, oh. he is just sitting there. His face is between two asses. Yeah, just like, Brandon Jackson. Whoa, whoa! All right, we're starting the movie, <laughs> and then it goes to that. It goes through. Fart. fart two, whatever <laughs> the movie is, and then Scorcher, Seven. Scorcher. That's right. Yes, yeah, Scorcher. And then it goes to uh, to Robert Downey Jr.'s with Tobey Maguire, Satan's Tobes, Alley. your buddy. Yeah, who you know. Yeah, how's he doing by the way? Not is good. Tobes good. No, no he's good. not doing good. Dude, I feel like Great Gatsby is not. Shit, man, he wastes all that money on drugs. Shit. He's not Tyler's good, best man. friends with Tobes. Yeah. So when I first, when Kevin first moved out here, I drove him by Tobes' house. Yeah, and it looked nice. It, was it nice looked pretty then. nice then, yeah, which was like three years ago. He's gone downhill. That's too bad. Yeah. Poor guy. I wish him the best. Tobes, I wish you the His best. His name's Toby, so it's never going to work out. No. <laughs> but, but that one, like the uh, the little tagline's like, you know, best actor nominee, Robert Downey Jr. And nominee for MTV Movie Awards, best kiss, Toby Maguire. <laughs> Come on, Tobes. Kurt Lazarus. Is Kurt Lazarus, that's right. <laughs> Kurt Lazarus. MTV Movie Award nominee for Best Kiss, Toby McGuire. He's just like, uh, everyone's uh, faces. The faces in this movie are fucking hilarious. Yeah. They're so good. Um, what else we got? Mm. I mean, I think that, like, surprisingly, for being what it was, and I haven't looked it up, actually. I, I should look up what the budget was and what, the, what it made, because... I feel like most of their budget went to people. Yeah, oh yeah. They had a lot of people in this movie. They had Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr., Jack Black, Tom Cruise, Matthew McConaughey, Danny McBride, Steve Coogan, Bill Hader, Nick Nolte, to name a few. And it's like, wait a minute. You got a Tom Cruise cameo, which maybe he did for free. Maybe he did for cheap. Yeah. It's like the rest of those guys. Like, this budget had to be mostly them. And then... They're filming in Hawaii to make it look like Vietnam. And apparently Ben Stiller has a house on Kauai, and that's mm, why they filmed that. <laughs> um, but like, there's a bunch of tax credits in Hawaii for filming there. So they did that, then they filmed in Mexico, and they filmed in California, and they did all this stuff. It's like, holy shit. Like, how much money did this movie cost? Because this looks like a big-budget movie, but it's about making a big-budget movie. But it's still big budget. So I want to know. I'm not going to look yeah, it up. Don't bother. But it was, I mean, just a, and from, from now, I mean, every one of those guys would probably cost a ton more money to have in this movie than they did when they made it. Mm -hmm. McConaughey. Well, Tom Cruise probably. So, but yeah. That was interesting to me. Um, also, I think every, uh, the last thing I have. Is that every line Robert Downey Jr. had, which I don't think I said when we were talking about him, is that every single line he has, you want to repeat it. That's what it is. 
and you want to, you just, <laughs> it's like that, that asshole. I felt like that asshole that is like, ah, and then you just repeat shit <laughs> that other people have said. But it's like, it's just, it's, it's like music. It's, it's catchy. It's like a catchy, oh my God. And so he says something and then I just go, ah, and I'm like, fuck, but, but that was fun. But I had fun saying that line again. It's, it's like the, I don't know if I've ever seen him in a better movie. No. As, as an actor. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Is that was good. Movie. Yeah. Well, okay. So not in Different. a better movie, but like seen him better. Because this was so all over That's the place. It. This so is all it. over the place. I've never seen any actor act in any other film better than this. So good. So good. <laughs> Kurt Lazarus in Tropic Thunder. Yes. He's Kirk Lazarus playing black guy, but Robert... Oh. Inception. There it is. The movie yeah. Inception again. That's crazy. All right. Oh, so good. Um, so, moving from Tropic Thunder to a year's worth... Of what we've seen? Of what you watched. So, give me some highlights. I don't know. So, one of the things I watched recently... I'll start. Please One do. of the things I watched recently was called The Normal Heart. And it was a document, or it's the, you know, HBO movie about the AIDS crisis in, you know, Boring. 70s. It was, what? and is, no, it's a ridiculously great movie. Hmm. Like, so good, but so fucking intense. Like, if you watch that movie, if you want to sit down and watch two hours and 13 minutes of just... Like, you have to sit there and watch it. It's great. You have to sit there and watch it. You have to kind of grind along with these guys because the first half of the movie is all, hey, all of our friends are dying of AIDS. And so you're sort of like, this is fun. <laughs> this, I'm happy about this. So you're, you're put down, actually, in the first 10 minutes, you, you're, you're sucked into, like, the wow, AIDS is bad and people are dying from it. There's not even any, like, hey, free love, like, gay movement, like, you know, we're doing great. Like, there's, you know, politically, we're, we have all this freedom now and all this stuff, and there's all these guys that are openly gay. None of that. It's like it picks up right where AIDS starts taking its toll. And so you go through it, but it's really, really good. But if you if you want to watch it, you just have to be prepared to. Uh, it gets a little dusty at times. Oh. Gets a little dusty in there. Yeah, that's why I probably didn't watch but it. But the reason why I watched it is because I didn't even hear about it. I don't think when it mm. came out on HBO. But the reason I watched it is because it won so many Emmys. And so when I watch the Emmys, it's like, oh, the normal heart, the normal heart, the normal heart. It's really good. I yeah. recommend it. I'll watch it. But I also don't like feeling depressed. It, uh, you're going to have to watch it early in the morning and then watch something like happy afterwards. Because it's not, it is not the most happy movie. Okay. But it's a great, I mean, it's really well done. It's, it's a great story. It's, okay. it's a good movie. I'll watch it. Um, I got, I got one. Yeah. What Did do you, you got? Watch, uh, have you ever seen Bully? No, but I wanted to see From that. From 2001? Yeah. No, yeah. I haven't. It's a, it's a movie about people in Florida. In the whole movie, I said, it's because it's in Florida. It's just the... Uh, it's fucking weird. I watched it... I literally watched it last night. But it's like... Um, Brad Renfro's in it. Okay. Um, who the fuck's the guy from Kids? It's the director of Kids. 
Um, Leo Fitzpatrick's in it, who was in Kids. He was, uh, he wasn't uh, Casper. He was the other kid, the yeah. main character. But um, it's about these kids that they're friends with one guy. He's a fucking shithead, and he like rapes a girl. He's like closet gay. Um, he's just a dick. So they just plan to murder him. So it had this whole theme of. It felt like what was that one with uh, Anton Yel Yelnick 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 and uh, Justin Timberlake. Oh shit! Oh, um, that was a true story too. This oh, was a true story. Ah ah. Yeah, so the they guy who Spock in. Uh, the early Spock. Yeah. Or no. Yeah. The early Scotty. Yes. Yes. No, Scotty, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, fuck, what was that movie called? That was a really good movie. Yeah, we'll figure it out. It was Dogs. Something with dogs in it. Alpha Dog. Alpha Dog. Yeah. Boom, nailed it. Yeah. I was going to say Watch Dog. And Watch I was say, That's dog. absolutely wrong. <laughs> it was a lot Watch like dog. that, where you're watching a true story, you know it's a true story the whole time, and there's a murder. But this was, uh, it was a weird movie and the the sentiment of people in the movie were like yeah let's just do it we're gonna be all thug and we're gonna do it and eminem was out then so yes. apparently eminem was like a big thing in, the, in 2001 Huge. i didn't know i had no idea but um <laughs> yeah it was, a, it was cool it had like the kids vibe to it if you've ever seen kids it feels gritty you kind of feel dirty watching it you you, you don't i don't know you don't feel 100 percent comfortable watching a movie where a movie like Tropic Thunder, you can sit back, relax, and laugh. Right, and what right, this right. movie, you're on the edge of your seat, and you're like, "What the fuck is happening? I don't feel comfortable at all." There's rape, there's racial slurs, and all this other shit. So you have that. And I watched it with my roommate. She was like, "This is fucked up. This is the most fucked up thing I've ever seen." I was like, "Watch Kids. You should watch Kids because <laughs> yeah. that's more fucked up. It's about kids basically fucking each other and getting AIDS." It's, yeah, it's. Leading into a lonely heart. Ah, uh, yeah. The lonely heart. The lonely yeah, heart. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. That uh, if if you're listening, folks, and you've just listened to the episode I'm about to post, sixty-seven, <laughs> Tyler talks a lot about kids. Did I really? Mind fuck. Did I really? Yeah. A year ago, I you talked had, about kids. You had kids on there. Oh no shit. Yeah. But yeah, I watched. I literally watched this movie last night, and it's kind of fucked up and at the end that you know everyone obviously gets arrested that's the whole moral of the story is don't murder your friend and then throw him in in, in the gutter and hopefully uh, yeah. alligator eats him um and it goes by like how many years each person gets and oh it's a fucked up movie watch it it's great <laughs> real, real i don't even have anything productive to say about it it just it was it was fucked up and i was drinking beers when i was watching it and that's good don't remember a ton but it was pretty fucked up <laughs> I don't know, man. Pretty fucked up. Uh, another movie I watched, and this is the only one that I'll say, is, is uh, Good Will Hunting. I watched it after Robin Williams died. Yeah. And it is such a great movie, but when in that sort of context, and you're focused on Robin Williams, you realize how, and this is something I've said for years, you realize how underrated of an actor Robin Williams was. Because you get to... And not, not just because he was considered more of a comedian, because he started as a comedian, he was a stand-up comic, he was always funny on like late-night shows and stuff like that. He was always a comedian at heart, but and that's, and that's great, and I think people respect him as a comedic actor, like you know, in, in some of those movies that are just straight-up comedy. Um, but 
you really get the full effect of who Robin Williams was when you watch something like Goodwill Hunting. And the way that they talk about some of those things in that movie and the way that he talks about it meant a little bit more after that. And then you watch something like Patch Adams and stuff like that means a little bit more after you learn about that. And then you watch What Dreams May Come and you just cry and cry and cry because that's a depressing movie in general. But he's the one that survives through it. And so in that movie, having all of that stuff happen, you think about it and it's just... But the whole point is that you realize, and hopefully a lot of people realize right now, how amazing of an actor he was to where he could play any part, be it Mrs. Doubtfire, which is straight comedy, with a little bit of drama with the kids and the, you know everything like that, oh to something God. like a creepy, creepy, creepy dude in one-hour photo where he transformed into someone that you will fear in like that weird, unsettling way. To something like Goodwill Hunting, where it's a real feel good movie, and it's really, there's a lot of scenes that are just driven by him, and the relationship with him and Will are just some of the best scenes in the entire movie. So, if you haven't caught up on Goodwill Hunting since then, I recommend it because that really was, it was really nice. It was really nice to watch. Not only being a great movie, it was really nice to sort of see Robin Williams in that sort of a, such a such a role that he could just own and that he was so good at and that was so perfect and playing a little bit of that father figure and everything like that it was just it was really nice so that's the only other thing i'll say there you go very nice mm. um any other movies on uh on your what what you watched uh, last night only i watched baytown <laughs> butchers explain that movie it was not what is Baytown Butchers? I recently got Showtime on demand. <laughs> Sweet. So I'm, I'm watching through those movies, and Baytown Butchers is with Billy Bob Thornton and Eva Longoria and these hmm. three rednecks. And it's it's not a very, I don't know, it's a movie to sit down and watch. It's like, yeah. um, it reminded me of like Smoking Aces. Okay. You ever see that? Yep. So it's so not good? <clears throat> not good. Smoking Plain Aces and Billy Chickies. Yep. Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds great was not in it, stars. but it was like a lot like that. So it was like, it was just guns to shoot people and people to die. It was, that's all it was. It was yeah. yeah. Hmm. I'm going to call these hit men, but they're all strippers, and they're all going to come kill you, but they're strippers. And then strippers die. And <laughs> scene. And then there were, it was Movie. very, it kind of was like typecasting. It was like. <laughs> Okay, these strippers are gonna come kill you, and then I'm gonna call these Native Americans, and they're gonna come kill you. <laughs> and then I'm gonna call uh, these Road Warrior guys, and they're gonna come kill you. It's very uh, all the Road Warrior guys had dreadlocks, of and they course. were black. Mm -hmm. And the Native American guys came on motorcycles <laughs> instead of horses with bows and arrows, and they were gonna come kill. And the strippers came with uh, their vaginas, <laughs> and, and they were gonna come kill. They were gonna come kill. Yeah, but um, that type of movie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That. So if you get the gist based on that. Yeah. Not so, good. So 10, 10 out of 10? I'd give it a 6 out of... Would watch again? Nope. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we can go on forever about these what you watch. I also watched Dark Skies last night. Don't watch That's it. That's the TV show, right? Nope. 
That's no, uh, it might be a TV show too. Isn't but. that the Noah Wiley TNT whatever Dark Skies? It might be. Is that what it's called? But this was like a. This was like a. What was that fucking one with the poltergeist that came in the house to pull people away? Uh, what do you mean? Like through the TV? Nope. Not poltergeist. Not poltergeist. The recent one where people would set up home cameras and then they would go out in the hallway and like get dragged out. Oh, like the found, uh, the found footage ones. The yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? Oh, what the is fuck that was called? That? Jesus Christ! The director of that those shitty movies did yeah. this movie uh, very okay. similar. Instead, instead of a uh, poltergeist, it was aliens. So same right. same movie with aliens. What the fuck was that movie called? Those movies. So it started with an I. Oh. Inception. <laughs> Insidious is not that same movie, director though. though. Is it really? I think so. Um. God, what is that fucking movie? Uh, Found footage horror. P. P- God, what's it called? Paranormal Activity. Oh, my (laughs) God. That was going to kill me. Yes. Paranormal Activity. Same director. And he did Insidious, too. Paranormal Activity 1 was well done. I like that one in the movie. The rest is sort of... The second one. Nice. Yep. Anything else? That was was just last night. I mean, I got a year's worth to share. I know. This could be a five-hour episode if we want We only have four more hours, so we're going to have to cut you short. Yeah. So... Um, also, guys, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a break. Um, we're going to go into uh, our top five after this, but uh, definitely tell us what you watched on Facebook or something because, you know, it's been a fucking year. Sorry about it. But, uh, we'll see you in a bit. We're back. We're ready to uh, go over our top five movies directed by actors. And if we rehash what we kind of said in the beginning, sort of the, the rule of thumb is that it has to be someone that was a actor, obviously, before they were a director, but then also maybe that was a, like, if I said somebody, like, in this case, in Tropic Thunder's case, Ben Stiller, you could tell me what he was in before he directed Tropic Thunder. Like, he's an actor that you know was an actor. Not like a Rob Reiner, who was all in the family, but nobody knows him as an actor anymore. Now everybody knows him as a director. So, we're going to jump right in. Um, We had a cigar during our break. It was very nice. A little cigarilla. It was nice. Um, We're going to go into it. So, top five movies directed by actors. Tyler, you're number five. Son of a yeah, bitch. I know. I, I, we, we just finalized our list, by the way. Yeah. We were wrestling during the break. Wrestling. My number five was a toss-up between Apollo 13 and Rush. Okay. And I chose Rush. But it's Ron Howard? Yeah, Ron okay. Howard. So Rush, I, there you go. I went with Rush simply because I... Vaguely remember the story, my dad telling me the story between these two racers when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could remember watching at least some of, not them racing together, but I, I remember 
um, some like watching the races when I was a little kid and I liked it so I picked it and it's a good story and it's a lot like the Senna story right uh, had a good rivalry between um, what was it I don't fucking remember I'm drunk yeah I don't remember these guys it was a uh, no it was a uh, the Austrian or German dude fuck man oh, I didn't prepare <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, it was a toss-up. I yeah. mean, Tom Hanks was in Apollo 13. You could tell yeah. about, about Tom. It was... Uh, Tom shit. Tom Hanks was in it <laughs> and other things. No, but I liked Rush more just simply the fact it was like an action drama movie where Apollo 13 was more of a just straight-up drama movie. Yeah. James um, Hunt and Nicky Lauda. Nicky Lauda. He raced until... Yeah, I actually remember watching Lauda race. Yeah. Until uh, I was at least a little kid. Hunt, I don't remember at all, but uh, Lauda, I do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it. I only picked it simply for the fact that my dad was... The only sport he ever watched was Formula One. And the only sport he ever got me into was Formula One. So we watched it together, and he used to go to Montreal Grand Prix every year and check it out. So that's why I picked it. I thought it was a cool story. It was full of wonderful action and drama and sexuals and uh, sexuals yeah it was good very nice did you, did you watch it i did yeah i watched it in theaters actually i didn't yeah i liked it yeah. it was good although seeing senna and not being a formula one like aficionado i found as a movie not knowing the history i found the senna documentary to be because i saw it first I found that to be extremely entertaining. I found this to be good, but it was just a little more of a dramatized version of that. Yeah. But like Senna, the documentary is all footage, all... Yeah, it was real. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that was really cool, too. But I liked this. Yeah. And I saw it, and I liked it, and I uh, I think I tweeted, actually, that I liked it. That was good. <laughs> I, it was more than I expected it to be. Yeah. Well, Because I had watched Senna before, and I... I really enjoyed yeah. watching that. And I thought this wasn't going to be as good. I didn't think it was going to do anything justice, but it really did. I thought it, yeah. it, was, it was great. You know, Chris Helmsworth was the, decent, but I think yeah, the other the guy, first time ever. whatever his name was, was actually really, really good as Nicky Lauda. Yeah. His name. He did look like Nicky Lauda, too. He did, Nicky, yeah. Nicky Lauda was like he a did. rat-faced motherfucker. Daniel Bruhl. Mm. He's that, uh, the, the lone sniper from uh, Inglorious Bastards. Oh. Remember? Oh, yeah. Tower Sniper? He was. Yeah. yeah. But he was really good. Yeah, that was good. Um, all right. That's a good choice. And that's the Ron Howard choice. So, do you have any double directors on your list? Or is it just director? Like, I didn't try to double choose. Me, I me tried yeah. to pick one. Okay, me too. Um, yeah. So, you don't have, like, Ron Howard here and then Ron Howard down here? No. Okay, good. Me, me neither. Yeah. Okay. So, my number five, speaking of Apollo 13 and Tom Hanks, is Tom Hanks directing That Thing You Do. I've seen it. I love that movie, not only because I'm a Beatles lover, and that was directly based off of, I believe, Ringo's story, because Shades was the main character, and Shades was the drummer, and Ringo was the drummer. And he wore blah, blah. Shades. And he wore Shades. Um, but I really, really like this movie. This is one of those movies that it comes on CMT, or it comes on wherever it comes on, and at any point, I can fucking just tune right in and watch this thing. Um I think it was directed well, but more, I think, it's an entertaining movie that is really a lot of fun. It's It's got, for me, it's got Beatles undertones, obviously, but it's 
you know, fun movie to watch. Tom Hanks directed it. Tom Hanks is always also in it. And, uh, I mean, I, I just, I had to include it. I actually have dropped someone off to my number six because I wanted to have Tom Hanks in my number five. Really? With that thing you do. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you my number six in our honorable mentions. That's but fine. That is my number five. My number four is probably my favorite Western. It is Clint Eastwood directing Unforgiven. And Clint Eastwood has done a lot of stuff. You can pick Clint Eastwood on this list, and I'm sure you have him on your list for something. But he's done so many good movies over the years. He, I believe he won the Oscar for Best Director on Million Dollar Baby. Um, he did Stories of Iwo Jima. He did Mystic River. He did all of those movies. And so he's got this huge, I mean, beyond his acting fame as being the Western star, Good, Bad, and Ugly, and everything like that, Josie Wells, um, he has really come to the forefront of being a director where people are like, now, it's a Clint Eastwood-directed movie. I want I'm to see, see it, it yeah. because it's really, really well done. And so my pick for Clint Eastwood, basically, is Unforgiven, which I think was 92. I don't remember exactly when, but um, that is, that's, that's basically the placeholder pick for all of you know Clint Eastwood's sort of his whole plethora of, of, uh, of directorial ventures. So, you're number four. Mystic River. So on there the vein go. of Clint Eastwood, there you go. Uh, I went with Mystic River. Um, I read the book in college, and that was right when the movie came out, too. So it must have been, what, 2006, seven, something like that. Uh, maybe earlier, actually, 2004. Um, but I loved the movie. And I, it, 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 I don't know. He is now more of a director than an actor for me now. I think so, too. And... Like, yeah, he used to be an actor, 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 Western, 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 up until probably the 80s, early 90s, and now he's straight up director. And, yeah, well, and he was in Gran Torino. He was in it, I but mean, he, he directed it. He directs himself it. in some things. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think he's as strong as, of an actor now as he used to be in the uh, back in the yeah. 70s, 80s. He was a great actor, but now he's old as shit, and now he directs. <laughs> That's right. And he was in, in um, Million Dollar Baby, and I thought his role there was great, but his directing is much, much better, I think, now than it, it, his acting. Yeah. Um, but that movie is a great watch. It's a little depressing. It was kind of in a toss-up to watch today. Yeah. Um, but the story is great. It, it takes place in Boston. Same writer as Gone Baby Gone, I believe. Yep, I think so. Um, but the book was great, and I think... Clint Eastwood did it justice with this movie. It wasn't one of the things where I read the book and I watch the movie and like, that fucking sucked. The movie sucked. The book was so much better. It was on par, if not better, than the book itself. Wow. And I really enjoyed the book and I wrote a lot about it in college and this this film did it... I don't know. It just... It, it hit a chord with me and the, the, Tim Robbins was great in it. Sean Penn was yeah, great in it. Absolutely. Like, had a great cast and I think that carried it. It was, I don't know. It was just a. I I like the writer's work and I like the movies that are based on. So I think Ben Affleck did Gone Baby Gone and that was that was good too. It's just I think it's the writer carries it a lot too. But those movies were great movies and yeah. I thought this was one of the, one of the better of them. Who uh, who wrote those? Do you know who wrote the book? Fuck if I know. I own the book too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find this out. This was probably ten years ago when I yeah. read this, but I don't know. All right, well, I'll that's good. So who is your uh, number three? Uh, ben Stiller. 
Nice. <laughs> I actually did Tropic Thunder in my top five. Yes! So, Tropic Thunder is my three, and we talked about it a little bit today, but Tropic Thunder is one of the movies that I will watch over and over and over and still love the movie. Like, it's the first time I saw it. I'll laugh. I'll get giddy. Kevin texted me this morning. We're yep. going to watch Tropic Thunder. I, I got giddy. I got excited to watch the fucking movie, and I saw it two weeks ago. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many times you see the movie. You get excited to watch the movie because it's the cast is fucking great. It's hilarious. And it's directed well. They, like there's, there is, like, great cinematography in the movie. Yeah, and you yeah. get to, you if you watch the movie, you can appreciate it. If if you get past like the the funny shit and all the yeah. the fart jokes and whatever, you're like, wow, this was shot well. Yeah. Like, it's it's a great movie, and all the action shots are great. And the you know like the helicopter scene we yeah. we were talking about earlier was great. Like, really really great. And you don't see Ben Stiller as a director. You see him as an actor. Right. I think that's a great thing that sets him apart is, you know, now Clint Eastwood, we see him as a director now. We don't see him as quite the actor where he used to be. And Ben Stiller, we see it develop from an actor into a, a director of sorts. He's great for what he does. Um, Still a piss poor actor, if you ask me. Terrible actor. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I can't name one movie I've really enjoyed. And besides this, I mean, really enjoyed yeah. his acting. I still hated his acting in this movie. Yeah. I don't like him as a, an actor, or I don't. I can't say person. I don't know him personally, but I'm gonna say I don't like him. As a person. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's one of those movies I will watch over and over and over, and it's I don't know if it's because it, it's just it's an all around enjoyable thing. It's an enjoyable experience, and Robert Downey Jr. does carry a lot of the movie, but that's the comedic element, and then you have the cinematography cinematography element that. He carries like Ben Stiller does it well, and you don't necessarily see that your first viewing or second viewing. You kind of have to watch the movie a bunch to to appreciate that that fact that he actually did a good job with yeah. the movie. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. If you if you watched it, you wouldn't know Ben Stiller directed it. You would think a director, like yeah. a just a director, directed it. So, kudos to him. No, I agree. Um, so my number three is Ben Affleck as the director, and it was a tough one. So I really like all three of the movies that he directed. He directed Gone Baby Gone, he directed The Town, and then he directed Argo. Argo was the closest to getting a Best Director Oscar that he's ever been, but my choice is going to be The Town. And the reason is because I love Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone might be my favorite of the three, but I think The Town... Gave him the budget to do what he wanted to do to make the movie he wanted to make. Gone Baby Gone was more of a, oh, you're Ben Affleck. You like won a screenplay Oscar for Good Will Hunting. Let's, let's throw you a bone. Let's see what you can do for like $20 million. But I think The Town was one of those things where he could have asked for whatever he wanted and gotten whatever he wanted, so he basically got what he wanted. And I think that the... That, I mean, Gone Baby Gone doesn't have much action, the town has action. Gone Baby Gone has a lot of drama and a lot of like acting that you need to clearly, obviously, direct. I also think the town has a lot of acting that you have to direct with like a Jeremy Renner. Obviously, I guess directing yourself. If like that's one of the weird things because he wasn't in Gone Baby Gone, but he was in the town, and so directing yourself is one of those things that's also a little bit weird. And while 
I think Gone Baby Gone was like it was probably one of the best directorial debuts from an actor that is on any of our lists. I think that The Town, in my opinion, was a better movie just because it had a bigger budget, it had kind of a broader scope, it allowed him to do more of what he wanted. Still set in Boston, still, you know, all about it, but it was really it was a really succinct movie when you got to the end of it because you you really knew what was going on. It didn't have, you know, kind of the gone baby gone twist, I suppose you can call it. But it was just really well done start to finish. And so that is my number two is of Ben Affleck's movies, because he's basically my number three, is The Town. I really like Argo too though. So don't think I didn't like Argo. Um <laughs> My number two has shown up on your list. Not the movie, but the director. Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. Who we all know is Opie from The Andy Griffith Show. Um, I think everyone in the world probably knows him as Opie from The Andy Griffith Show, which is why you can put him on here. Versus someone like Rob Reiner, who kind of some people know from All in the Family, but not everybody. Um, so the movie I picked from him is the movie that you passed up for Rush. Apollo 13. Apollo 13. <laughs> so this, just like you have for Tropic Thunder, Apollo 13 is one of those movies I will always love. I can always watch. I could pick it up from minute one. I could pick it up from minute 30. I could pick it up from minute 116. Mm-hmm. It is just an incredible movie the whole time. And what really impresses me about Apollo 13 is... In that time, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It was like, you know, 2000 something or other, wasn't it? Or was it 96 or something? 90s. Okay. So it was in the 90s, but. 20 years ago. In that that time, like, the. And I I might be wrong, but, like, I feel like this was one of the first movies that actually used, like, the, hey, let's go up in a plane and then fucking free fall so that you can get this sort of weightless feel. But having that limitation. The way that Apollo 13 was able to craft, the, or the way that Ron Howard was able to craft Apollo 13 was incredible. And the, I mean, the story is great, but the way that he played the drama against the risk, against the suspense, you know, with obviously Apollo 13 going dark for a while and having that whole weird sort of, situation with ed harris and all that shit where they just like the tension and everything i thought it was really well done from a directorial standpoint because he was able to to invoke what he wanted to invoke from the audience which isn't easy to do with space movies about space flight and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff and so i thought the drama was good it kind of when it when it had to be it was big budget it was like you know hey we're going off we're 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 taking off in the rocket. That was big budget type, like, you know, very expansive feel, like you're there. And then you also have the really, really tight quarters of the Lem, where they're all three just sitting there, and there's no way to mm-hmm. go anywhere. There's nowhere to go. So I thought, I'm, and, and I love Paul 13, so Paul 13 is my number two, uh, with Ron Howard being the director there. What is your number two? I'm still building my list. Uh, it's uh, I'm gonna say Easy Rider. Yeah. Yeah. D Hop. D Hopper. Um, I think it's made my list before. It's a great movie, and I 
Oh, I threw a good one out at number two just now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. I wasn't necessarily prepared to talk about it, but it's a great movie. It's a little fucked up. It's playing off the times, so you have to you have to know the era of which it was made. Where a lot of movies you don't necessarily need to westerns. You're like, okay, great, it's a western movie. There's a good guy and there's a bad guy. Right. And then this movie, you're playing off of you're playing off bigots, racism. You're playing off drugs, um, like the hippie area era. Um, there's a moving from west to east I don't know what that is but that's in there Um, so there's a lot of like elements to the film that are that are there that you don't necessarily read into when you're watching it but you have to to get the whole story but it was a enjoyable movie I haven't seen it in probably 10 years it's it's good to watch if you're into like a there's like political undertones there too absolutely um so it's it's runs the gamut in terms of like depth of a film this is probably the top in terms of the films on my list well this is also this movie i think at least in part if not full was credited as being the catalyst of new hollywood because you think old Hollywood, and you think, oh, Humphrey Bogart, and like, you know, you're watching a movie that's so just dramatic, and you can clearly see the acting and things like that, but it's transporting you out of whatever you're in. Mm-hmm. This was really new Hollywood, where movies are going to be real, they're going to be gritty, they're going to be done the way that not necessarily a studio wants them done, but the way that, like, because I think this this movie really, I believe, is kind of considered the catalyst of new Hollywood that kind of brought us over the hump into the new age of movies. If you think of that age, it makes sense. If you look at like it's the other movies made then, it was the most progressive yes. film made in that time. Like, a good word. Um, I, I guess what, it was Chinatown made then too, where Chinatown was still old Hollywood. Yeah. Like you're thinking like. Here's a story. It's fairly noir, and yep. you're like, okay, this is it. And I don't, I'm not in that time where this right. was. This is what we're going through right now, right. and you're fucking with us. So you're gonna be watching this film. It's same day. You're not going back in time. You're right. not going to noir. It's it's right now, and this is what's happening in our country right now. And it, yeah, I get yeah. It and must it, have yeah. It wasn't necessarily a movie with a clear beginning, middle, and end either. No. Because Chinatown has, here's what's going on, here's how we go about finding out what's going on, mm-hmm. and then here's a resolution. Easy Rider was a journey that didn't, that it wasn't meant to have, I mean, you, you were brought in at one point, and then you left at one point. It wasn't like one of those, hey, we have a package deal for you to go home and feel good about afterwards. Yeah, yeah even the fucking ending, man. You don't feel good at the end. You don't feel like you went and saw something awesome and you're like laughing and you're telling your friends to go see it. Though I do. You, I don't <laughs> laugh or anything like that. But you, <laughs> you see the end and you're like, shit, that's how it fucking ends. Right. Like these guys went on a journey and you don't see any harm in what they're doing necessarily. Maybe at the time you did, but I don't personally. Yeah, right. Um, 
transporting drugs, and then at the end of the movie, just because some racist fuck didn't like them, just shot him in the face, and they're dead, and that's the end of the movie. And you're like, what? Spoiler alert, man. Come on. Maybe someone hasn't seen the Everyone's seen 40-year-old it. movie. Everyone's seen it. All if right. they haven't seen it once, they've seen it twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry if you haven't. <laughs> fuck you if you haven't. Watch um, it. Yeah. I mean, the cast is great. I don't know about the process of getting the cast, but really great cast. Like, Nicholson was awesome. Peter Fonda was fucking great. Hopper, I mean, that's it. You've got three guys. Yep. The whole movie, and it's awesome. And they play off each other, and I can't say enough about it, but really cool film, and, like, they rode those bikes. They literally rode yeah. those bikes, and they, they took the journey, like, themselves. It was like, it's kind of like a, like a... A dramatized documentary. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, yeah. but they didn't get shot in the head, in real life. Maybe they did, but they well, lived. Well, I think no. Jack Nicholson's still making movies. And no, they didn't die. They just got shot. Oh, okay. Bird shot or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Salt. <laughs> just saw the buck shot in their face, but they pulled it all out and they got cosmetic. Yeah, cool. And you know, it's it's cool. It's they're fine. Cool. It's totally fine. And still, one mm-hmm. of my. Um, one of the scenes that fuck with me the most is when they're in New Orleans in the graveyard. That scene is really... It'll get you on LCD or whatever. They're L- LSD? LCD. 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 LCD is like a nice type of monitor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you haven't done acid, which I haven't, I assume that's what it's like, and it fucks with you a lot, and I don't like it, but it's a good scene. Those LCD monitors, man. Those LCD pills, man. They will give you clarity like you've never seen. Dude, it's HD here. This is wonderful. <laughs> um, so that's a great number two. What's your number one now? I don't know if this counts. Give it a shot. I did Caddyshack. Whoa. Who directed Ca- Harold Ramis? Whoa. Hell yeah, it counts. But I don't know if he, he acted... What I see him as an actor was Ghostbusters, but that was after Caddyshack. It's what you saw as actor, though. But he had acted for a long time, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. What do you remember? It's Ghostbusters. Harold Ramis. We're going to look him up. The late, great Harold Ramis. He was. That's unfortunate. He died this year. Yeah. February, so, I believe. Yeah. He was on SCTV. So I don't know if this counts, but I He was in that. Stripes. Which is 81. Did he also, uh, which was after Caddyshack? Fuck, that's right. Caddyshack was 80. Yeah. But I could also say Groundhog. He was in Animal House in 78. You're clear. You're clear. Because I know him from Animal House. I didn't, you really? No. But people know him from Animal House. <laughs> I guess. I was going to do Caddyshack or Groundhog Day. You're clear. Groundhog Day was a little later. Um, but awesome. Oh, wait. He was one of the three screenwriters of Animal House. No. You know what? Allow it. Allow it. Was it. The, uh, it was that or something else. I didn't know if we were going to count it or not. Because he's done he's done a lot of acting and a lot of I don't know if he's that things. well known as... I, I mean, I know him as a director. You mean Harry Ramis? Yeah, Harry I know Ramis. Harry Ramis, too. People know yeah. him. But like, when Harold Ramis passed away, yeah. it was Ghostbusters. People knew him as you know, from Ghostbusters. I don't know if they knew him as a director... Um, so I, I chose him as a, uh, one of my favorite directors. Yeah. 
That's good. So what about Caddyshack? Made you pick Caddyshack versus all the rest of his. Um, I mean, if you look at the list, Caddyshack's the most classic film there. Caddyshack's Caddyshack a great movie. Day. I'm not saying it's not. That or Groundhog Day. Um, both. I think it's you got the Bill Bill Murray element. Oh, of course, there. of yeah, course, of Bill course. There. But Caddyshack is one I'll watch over and over and not ever like question it. I don't. You don't stop in the middle and rewind. You don't. You just you can get into that film, like Kevin said earlier, ten minutes in, half an hour in, an hour in, and still watch the fucking film and still get everything out of it you got the first time you saw it. And I don't know if I've ever even sat down and watched the movie completely through. I don't think that's. You, I might not have either. That's I don't think I really ever point. have. Like I will. It's always on television, and you watch it. You know, you watch a half an hour over it and you'll leave or you watch an hour of it and oh, i gotta go do something or whatever because it's always on television you have that the luxury of doing that i don't own it but it is still one of my favorite movies and it's so weird like thinking about that like my one of my favorite movies is caddyshack and i know this but i don't own it and i've never watched it in one sitting all the way through i don't think i may have i may not have yeah but it's so weird like you can watch the beginning half an hour and then you pick it up in the next week, and you're watching the end half an hour, and you can pick up the pieces, and you know what's going on. Of course. And I, I love that about it, where you go, to, you try to do that with Forrest. I guess you probably do it with Forrest Gump too, but you try if to you do that with Forrest Gump. Yeah, if you know it, but it, I mean, yeah, I guess even if you don't know Caddyshack, you can pick you up can Caddyshack pick halfway up Caddyshack. through and laugh your ass off. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, like the cast carries it, and it's it's not like. It's not a great cinematic movie. I'm not. It's not like on a grand yeah. scale, <laughs> right, but it's right. fucking hilarious. Yeah. Harold Harold Ramis was a funny fucking dude. And yep. I think he wrote a lot of his films too. Yep. And you get that element. He's like a Rob Reiner to me. Like yeah. it's Harold Ramis, Rob Reiner are both funny Jewish dudes. And <laughs> nice. that's really it. Like yeah. you, I don't know. I, I you can't top that movie for me. I'll always fucking watch that movie. Yeah, I love that I, movie. I don't know. It's sitting right over there on my shelf. It's right there. Little blue sky. Where is it? Third from the bottom. Yep. Put your hand over to the right by Dumb and Dumber. Right next <laughs> to Dumb and Dumber. I see it. Boom. Caddyshack. There it is. Dude, even look at Bill Murray's face. <laughs> Bill Murray. <laughs> and oh, Chevy the Chase. snobs against the slobs. Yeah. Oh my it's God. the 20th anniversary edition. And that was like, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago. Probably. At least. Yeah, yeah well, 1980. Yeah. yeah. It was at least 10 years ago. It was a while ago. Yeah. No, that's a good pick. Um, so my number one is, and let me, uh, let me get to my list here. My number one is something that is, is, uh, it's come up. Um, it's one of those that I especially love. It's a pretty personal pick because it's not like, you know, you, you, as, as critical drinking, uh, goes, you pick a movie generally, pick a topic generally for the top five. And then you start kind of going to work on your top five. And you start going to, like, you know, you, you do some research. You see what other lists have. You you go out there and you sort of search IMDb. Search your own list of, like, what do I own? And you're like, okay, I'm going to build my list. So with this, it really didn't come up on a lot of lists. And if it did come up on lists, it came up very, like, high. Like, as in, you know, far away from number one. But this is my number one. And it is... John Favreau Made. with Iron Man. Oh, really? Absolutely. I fucking love Iron Man. 
I don't know if you guys have heard the podcast as long as it's been around, but Iron Man made my number one superhero movie way back in the day. For all the reasons I mentioned then, go listen to that podcast. But I think that this is one of the best because, if I'm not mistaken, this was Jon Favreau's first giant movie. Yeah. His first superhero movie. And he fucking crushed it. Iron Man is my favorite, I would say, Iron Man is my favorite superhero movie franchise because of Jon Favreau. Because he's done such a good job with it. Because he's just absolutely, like, he has just carved Tony Stark out of Robert Downey Jr. To where you can almost not separate the two. If you look at Robert Downey Jr., you go, that's Tony Stark. And while they may have been... Similar people in real life, if they were, you know, if Tony Stark was a real dude. The casting was perfect. The, I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow, you could take her, take her or leave her, but she's a good, you know, foil in that movie for him to bounce shit off of. But also, the way that he directs that sort of action and the way that that movie goes. And not only Iron Man, but Iron Man 2 is also good. And I would argue Iron Man 3 is also watchable. I actually liked good. Iron Man 3. I also yeah. liked it. You know what I didn't like about it? They don't need a second Iron Man. Don Cheadle, sorry man, we don't need you there. Mm-hmm. The reason why they put him there is because he's black. What's his name? Uh, yeah. No, the first the, the the dude in the first movie didn't agree to do the second movie, and so Don Cheadle was like him. Oh, what's his Hustle name? and Flow. Hustle and Flow guy. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, ha, uh, starts with an H, maybe. No, Howard something. Howard. Howard. Rod. Ra- Ra- uh. uh Something Howard. Yeah, this we're gonna we're gonna get Ron it. Howard. It's yep. not Ron Howard though, because he's on my list actually. Um, um, Cliff Howard. No, it's uh, something Howard though. It is. Uh, Chester Howard. It's Chester Howard. Yeah. Uh, Rochester Howard. Um, Terrence Howard. Terrence there it is. Howard. So Terrence Bugsy Howard. Howard. Terrence Bugsy Howard. Terrence Howard didn't agree to do the first or the second movie. So they brought Don Cheadle in. I feel like what they tried to do was just jam him in there. It's like, hey, you're going to accept Don Cheadle now. Which wasn't necessary. Because Terrence Howard's character was never overstated. It was always understated. He was there as the contact in the military for Mr. Stark. Um, Anyways, but I just think that this movie is... Not only is it my favorite superhero movie, but it's also directed by an actor. As we know with Swingers and all of those different things. I think he might have actually directed Swingers too. No, he didn't. Who directed Swingers? I don't know, but it wasn't him. That's right, okay. Because I was going to put it down. <laughs> okay. Um, but that's one of the things that, like, that movie stands alone on a mountaintop of, of superhero movies for me. And so with this list, kind of immediately thought, no matter what any list says, no matter what anyone says, fucking Iron Man is going to number one. John Favreau. I love Elf as well. I love all the Iron Mans. I love a lot. Of, I love the Iron Giant, actually. I love most. He did the Iron Giant. He did the Iron he Giant. He loves Iron and I love Giants the Iron Giant. People. So he's done a lot of those movies. He's done a lot of movies in general, but I love most of them. So Have you seen Chef yet? Yes. Chef was also seen. good. Chef was Chef is like a little indie sort of... If anyone has not seen Chef, please see Chef, because it's really, really good. But that's more... You know, him, and he directed it, him directing himself and, and doing all this stuff and everything. It was an indie film, and it was really good. But this one takes cake for me on director or actors 
directing movies is Iron Man because it's the pinnacle. It was a big budget movie, but it felt so right. That's good. So that's my number one. Um, other than that, I mean, definitely get on Facebook and check out uh, check out our page. Like it if you haven't liked it already, and tell us what you think about top fives. If you disagree or agree or whatever. Um, Honorable mention. And then, yeah, we also have to go to honorable mentions. Fuck, man, I'm so out of this. All right, Tyler, what are your honorable mentions? I had quite a few. So I've got Argo, Ben Affleck. Yep. Uh, I knocked that out of my number two spot. Really? So, yeah. Wow. My, my, list was, my list was Caddyshack, Argo, Tropic Thunder, Rush, and Mystic River. And that was my list, and I changed it up during this whole yes, you thing. So, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Argo, just because the, the sheer... Uh, it's a fucking tense movie, and you—it's yeah, it just because the story is very tense. It's a true story. Anything with a true story is usually fairly a, a t- like makes into a tense movie. And I think Ben Affleck did it well. I like him more as a director than an actor. I think he's a fucking terrible actor. So, um, Apollo Thirteen was on my list yep. of uh, honorable mentions. Into the Wild, Sean Penn. That's my number six. That yeah. was my number six. Was I Sean Penn it. Into the Wild? Yeah. Um, I'll let you talk more about that. Okay. Uh, Groundhog Day with uh, Harold Ramis, of course. Peter Berg. I didn't know if Peter Berg, if anyone knows him as an actor, so right. I, I took him off. But I liked Lone Survivor, and I really liked The Kingdom. Um, both those movies are the same sort of movie, Middle East, uh, military-ish movies. But Lone Survivor was very intense. Great Anything again? True story, fucking movies. I know, right? If you make a movie on a true story, Oscar, Oscars Oscar. all around. Oscars all Oscar. around. Oscar. Look um, at Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. I was gonna watch that last night, but I didn't. Yep. Um, but yeah, those movies are very intense to watch, and you focus more on the story than you do the directing of the film or the cinematography of the film. Um, I know you have the cinematographer, but. I mean, the director's got the, the their hand on everything. Well, and that yeah, that that yeah, that relationship is very important too. Yeah. But you got to watch it a second time. You got to keep watching these movies over. And I think every movie on my list, I would watch. I've seen at least twice, and I will keep watching all of these movies. And I, that's the weird fact. Like you don't think actors can direct very well, but apparently they can because they're. Every movie on this list. They've I, been I, I, directed. Yeah. At least. Yeah, they know what's up. Right. They know how to direct and to be directed. And um, I'll, I guess I'll keep moving on. Um, Braveheart. I know. Neither of us mentioned it. It's on my honorable mention, too. <sighs> I don't like Mel Gibson. The movie was good. But, yeah. Uh, Enough said. Yeah. Uh, Made, John Favreau. Yeah. I had that on my list. I really liked that. Um, I like that. Million Dollar Baby was, yeah, Clint Eastwood. Yep, um, but you overtook it for uh, Mystic River. Yep, nice. Uh, I think that was it. Okay, that was my list. So my number six was Sean Penn in Into the Wild. Yep, I really, really liked this movie. I thought for him, it like it it sort of the way Sean Penn acts is the way he directed this movie, which was the story obviously was written by John Krakauer into the wild and the dude was a real dude and I fuck if I forget his name um but 
the way that he told the story and the way that he got you almost ingrained into his normal life before very very briefly though but got you so sucked into his normal life to where him leaving and going out into the wild um really kind of pulled at your heart a little bit to say like you 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 related you either said or you could have said both but you either said I don't know how someone could do this. I don't know how you could pull away from all these people who love you and just go out there and be on your own. But then you also have the same people who say, but there's this part of me who just wants to be, just wants to prove to myself that I can do all this stuff. I can do this myself. I can be by myself. I want to be my, by myself because I just need to get away or some, and it wasn't, I'm not saying he was saying I'm going to get away. And that's what this was, but it's just, there's a part of you who says, I feel you in the way that you just want to go find yourself, be with yourself, be who you are, you know, and, and do this stuff on your own and, and sort of live. Um, but the way that he portrayed it really, there's not, there's a, there's a really easy way to have that just get fucked up to where I don't give a shit about this guy and I don't know why he did this and I don't relate with him at all. Very easy to do that, whereas I think Sean Penn did a really good job of giving you the nuggets that you needed to really give a shit to where ultimately when this guy was found in the bus, you cared. And you were with him the whole time and it, it, it struck something in you to where when I walked out of that movie, and Emil Hirsch was the, was the actor, when I walked out of the movie I was like, I kind of in a weird way, feel inspired to go do that. But know that I shouldn't. But I feel in, like, and that whole dichotomy really was was very well done, I think. And I don't think that it's a mistake that that sort of reaction happened just because of the story. I think that it also happened because of the way the story was told. And so that was my number six, which doesn't obviously count. Um, a couple other honorable mentions. Um, you already mentioned Dennis Hopper. I had him on the list. The reason why I didn't is because I specifically didn't know him before Easy Rider as an actor. Um, Rob Reiner, obviously, we've talked about. Um, ben Stiller, I did have on there. I didn't have him as Tropic Thunder. I had him as Zoolander. Because oh. I think Zoolander is a fucking awesome movie. Yeah. Um, I did have Robert De Niro on there for A Bronx Tale. I was going to put that. I really liked A Bronx Tale. Like, it wasn't a good movie, necessarily, but I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought it was really well done, and who's better to tell the story of early New York than the guy who's played every early New York character than <laughs> Robert De Niro? Um, so that was good. I also have a couple that were on there that I could not, I absolutely could not put on there because of the situation and the rules that I put. But Orson Welles' first serious movie that he ever did like first that wasn't a short was citizen Kane. he directed he starred incredible like great great movie he directed it he starred in it but and not that i not that i would have known him before anyways but he didn't do shit before yeah so couldn't count him and then like woody allen exactly you're a auteur you are the actor director but you're you know anyways mm -hmm. um and the next one would be Charlie Chaplin, who almost exclusively directed his own movies. 
Like, he always directed his movies. And so what I would have said is Charlie Chaplin in modern times. But the fact of the matter is that Charlie Chaplin almost always directed and produced and acted in his own films. And so you can't put him because he's sort of a jack-of-all-trades, like, one-man band. Didn't really know him as an actor, but, you know, that sort of... His whole plethora of movies is... is I love all of those. Modern Times is one of my favorites. Um, but couldn't put him on this list. So those are my honorable mentions. Oh, yeah! Next beer. Um, so... We've been about hour 15. Pretty good. Um, we've done everything I think we, we normally did. We kind of fell back in the saddle a little bit. Yeah, I feel comfortable. Huh? So, uh, I mean, to, to cap it off, you got any shout-outs? No. <laughs> Anyways, my shout-out to the Oregon Ducks. We did this, folks, we did this at 10 a.m. so that we could be done in time for the Oregon Ducks game. An hour before it starts. Kudos to TK for coming over, bringing donuts and a 30-pack at 10 a.m. And, might I add, 10 a.m. on the dot. I'm Guys, on punctual. Time. Always on time. So good. All right, guys. Well, we really appreciate you listening. If you listen this far, uh, go visit us on Facebook or uh, facebook.com slash critical drinking. Twitter, if you want. Uh, Twitter.com slash critical drinking without the G because it's 16 characters. We're on Instagram um, as well. I yeah. can take pictures. Exactly. It hasn't been updated in probably a year. Hit us up on uh, Instagram. Instagram.com, I believe, slash critical drinking. Yeah. And uh, always, you know, listen to the podcast on iTunes. Listen to it on our website, criticaldrinkingpodcast.blogspot.com. And uh, until next time, which hopefully won't be a year from now, this You're is TK. Next weekend. Next weekend. Sounds like we're doing another one. All right, guys. Talk to you next time.